it's a basic needs, right? So people are not thinking about self-realization.、Um, now they are thinking about basic needs, and sexual well-being is part of basic needs, just like a you know body health, like mental health. Across the world right now, governments, businesses, and individuals are dealing with extraordinary circumstances. But as traditional models are being upturned and everyday routines are being dismantled, small shoots of hope are emerging. Individuals, communities, and corporations are achieving new levels of innovation every day in order to build brands, reimagine entire business models, and make progress through creativity. I'm Simon Cook, the managing director of Cannes Lions, the international festival of creativity. It's the world's largest community of marketers, agencies, platforms, media owners, and many more. All of them striving for true creativity in their work, in order to drive business or create positive change. You're listening to Progress Through Creativity. Cynthia Chen is the general manager for RB, the global consumer health and hygiene company whose brands include well-known household names such as Dettol, Lysol, and Durex. Throughout her career, Cynthia has, as she puts it, boomeranged between China and North America, and this has provided her with a pretty solid view of those two major markets and their very different consumers. It's a journey that's taken her from marketing cookies to KY and everything in between, with experience leading product portfolios at General Mills, Mondelez, JSK, and now RB. As a healthcare company in the midst of a pandemic, RB's role as a critical helper has never been more urgent. When you're one of the companies whose products are in such high demand and so vital to so many people, how do you quickly provide those products and also stem the tide of panic buying and fear that's emerging? And as all routes to commerce become digital, how do you quickly adjust your sales and marketing teams to accommodate the new digital reset? I wanted to chat to Cynthia about the next phase of e-commerce, shifting behaviours in China, and the emergence of new economies being driven by necessity. That standard human needs being served in increasingly different ways as this pandemic evolves, we're being forced, it would seem, to try new platforms, approaches, and points of purchase. While the need to transform digitally is, of course, essential, moving 10% to total e-commerce penetration is going to require a serious adjustment to operations, supply chains, and a clear understanding of consumers' fundamental needs. And it's primitive stuff. We're talking physical well-being, mental well-being, and even sexual well-being. Cynthia and the RB team are embracing the responsibility with agility and empathy. It's a new approach, but like everyone else right now, you've got to try. This is Cynthia Chen. Cynthia, your career has taken you all over the world,、um, but you've spent the majority of time between North America and China. I know that you're very much across both markets, so can you give us an indication of what's happening in China right now? They're obviously much further into this than we are in the West. So, what can we learn? 
Um, I, I would say that, you know, China obviously got into the pandemic uh, a few, a couple months ahead of us. And now um, the, the market started to open up. As a matter of fact, based on the most recent McKinsey study, consumers are pretty positive and you know about more than half 50 percent of people they are saying that they believe that economy will return to normal in the next two to three months time um, and they actually project that next two weeks they believe that the consumption will go up 20 percent so that definitely give us a hope um, so back here in United States, obviously the situation is slightly different. Um, you know, the, the lockdown is not as strict as what happened in China. So, um, you know, uh, you know, working with the CDC, WHO, working with a lot of best thinkers in the industry, we actually think that here, you know, in, at home in United States, we probably will have a resurgence in the second half of the year. So over the past few weeks, we've been hearing from brands who are finding very innovative ways to use their very unique superpowers, if you like, to combat crisis in their own way. Now, I know that RB has raised 32 million to address the spread of COVID-19 and distributed a further 10 million bars of Dettol soap to vulnerable communities in the likes of India. Staggering stuff. So in terms of the mission how far are RB going to lean into this effort? So one of the reasons uh, that I joined RB is because of the purpose. We actually have a three purposes of the company, uh, the vision. One is, um, you know, about the protect, heal and nurture. What we are doing is we, as a company is that particularly in this challenging times is that, um, you know, um, not only about the donating the money to help with um, the frontline workers, but at the same time, we're also from marketing and sales standpoint, um, you know, how do we actually go out and not talking about a brand at all, right? It's about our overarching kind of guiding principle is that how do we be a helper? So there are three words really, um, you know, guiding everything we do is that how do we create unity? How do we actually provide the empathy and uh, utility? And this is what, you know, one example, particularly you know, for my portfolio, uh, a brand called Musinex, which is probably not well known in, in Europe, but certainly it's, uh, it's the uh, number one OTC brand here. So um, last month, where uh, United States get into this panic mode, where you see that you know, consumers are actually fighting for toilet paper in grocery stores, and the consumers were really afraid um, you know, everything's going to happen, what's, what's going to happen, and there, there were a lot of rumors in the market. So as a, as a company, as a, you know, a company with a purpose, we actually went out with um, a campaign it's called uh, Spread Facts, No Fear. And, you know, that's exactly what we did is that has nothing to do with the brand, nothing to do with selling the product or pushing the product. It's all about making sure that we have this public announcement that we give to consumers and talk about, the, you know, the stuff that we know. Right. So uh, keep a six feet distance. Don't touch your hand. Wash your hands. You know, the, the facts. So moving from the more traditional campaign that you just described to something that's booming right now, e-commerce, I know in some of your former roles, you actually headed up e-commerce, didn't you? Based on that experience, what shifts in behaviours are we starting to see across the globe right now? And what can we learn from them to get ahead? 
Yeah, so, so there are three major trends. The first one is about the digital reset, right? E-commerce is a piece of it, which we will get into you know, a, a little bit more details. Uh, the second piece is that uh, it's about the um, consumer that double down on self-care. Uh, so in the pandemic, uh, when we see that consumers back to the basic needs, self-care becomes a big topic, a big thing that the, the consumers are practicing. The third piece is about you know, a consumer either trade down or trade up. So those are three major trends we believe after pandemic. Uh, this, you know, this will guide the overall industry, um, you know, um, future. Now, specifically about the digital reset, actually, there are three things uh, in, in the industry. The first one, obviously, is the one you were talking about, the e-commerce, right? So if you look at entire commerce, and there's a big shift to uh, e-commerce. And now, specifically for our product, uh, healthcare, for instance, in United States, penetration is only about uh, touching the 10%. But in China, now, now my, leveraging my experience in China, it's about 24%. However, in, in, in this pandemic, it's even, you know, moving faster, right? So the, the penetration, we see that on Amazon's increase significantly. So that's one part. The second part about digital reset is about um, the, the digital engagement. Um, so uh, digital engagement, if you look at this, is that how do you look at this now making sure that you spend money in the right place and you don't have wasteful digital and how do you shift it to the, to the channel which really makes sense for consumers, but at the same time making sure the messaging is not tone deaf. Um, so making sure that you are actually help being there, unite people. And, and provide the utility and empathy, the three words I used earlier. Uh, and there are some products like our product, um, so Mucinex, for instance. Um, so uh, a lot of people are pantry loading, right? Just like uh, toilet paper pantry loading. So how do we make sure that we actually don't encourage pantry loading in store? Right, so, um, so that's a digital engagement piece of it. And last but not least is that we also saw a lot of um, you know digital health. Right, so the biggest thing that about the digital, um, um, you know, particularly with the you know the older consumers, but also from lower tier cities consumers, the trial is a big barrier to this. And now consumers stay at home. Right, so, um, so they the 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 first and biggest uh, um, the access to the products actually is online. So now if you have a trial that the barriers, you know, we got rid of that, you will see that telemedicine and teledetailing becomes a big deal. So teledetailing for us is that we have salespeople going to the health professionals to their offices. Now they cannot do that, right? So they have to do that teledetailing, tele-sales and introduce our product to the, to the medicals, you know, the professionals. So those are the three things that we see that will impact digital reset. So the first one, again, is about shifting to e-commerce channel. And the second piece is how do we actually do uh, adapt to the new way of doing digital engagement? And the third piece is that, you know, the, the telehealth is a big trend in our industry. So in terms of the digital reset you just described, what about the new categories and opportunities that are opening up online in response to changing consumer behavior? I know that there's a tri-economy emerging, for instance, and that's where we're seeing whole demographics trying something like the internet for the first time out of pure necessity, something perhaps that they wouldn't have even considered doing a few months ago. That must be having a huge impact it's definitely opened up, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, consumers are now they, um, the fastest and the biggest way they can access a product is actually from online. 
Um, so and in the past, like my dad, who is 78 years old in China, and he is locked down in his elder home. So the only way he can buy the products is actually through online, right? So even if a 78 years old in China can do that, we also see the same trend where boomers in the United States is doing the same thing. Um, the, the second piece is also the, um, the trial of certain categories, uh, which, you know, is getting into my other part of uh, um, the portfolio, which is the sexual well-being. Um, I, you know, I don't know whether you read the most recently uh, New York um, NYC Health Development um, Department. They actually came out with a specific guiding, guiding principles as to, you know, how to have sex. Um, and, and this is uh, very much in line with what we thought, which, which is that they quote, you are your safest sex partner. So uh, masturbation is highly encouraged. And this is also something that, you know, it's almost, <laughs> you know, the stigma, right? So there's a lot of social stigma. Now, because of the pandemic, people are trying stuff that they normally don't try. And this certainly, I think this will be here and stay and even after post-COVID-19. That's so interesting, isn't it? Again, it's the try economy at work. Do you think that that's a trend that's here to stay? And I know you're across brands like Durex and KY, so you're in the know. How will the consumer relationship with sexual wellness brands like those evolve over time, given our current state of mass isolation? I, I would say that uh, certainly it's not a fad. It's going to be, um, you know, here and stay. Um, you know, you, you know, if you take a step, a few steps back, we started to talk about wellness, it's about the physical wellness. That's why people start to work out. That's why Peloton type companies really, really, you know, um, you know, ha- you know, it becomes really, really big and going fast. And the second piece is about the second one is about mental health. Right. So uh, and it, it's also become a really big uh, part of that, especially in pandemic. Right. So you're stuck in the house for six weeks later. Uh, people get depressed that you got you, you got to you got to help with mental health. How do you inject the positive and uplifting messaging? And the third piece is equally important. I would say three pieces of wellness is a sexual wellness. And, you know, it, it, it's a basic needs, right? So if you think about pyramid, people are not thinking about self-realization. Um, now they're thinking about basic needs and sexual well-being is part of basic needs, just like, a, you know, body health, like mental health. And of course, the creative thinking will have to evolve to reflect these new and emerging insights for that particular category, right? What do you think about the evolving role of creativity in all of this? How can it be used as a tool to support our industry during this time and beyond? You know, if you take, uh, Simon, probably you've seen this, right? So lots of uh, perfume companies now producing, you know, hand sanitizer. Uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, Italian famous government, you know, fashion companies producing PPE, uh, the, uh, the clothing, right, for, for the uh, frontline workers. And then you have companies like GE and, you know, and producing the ventilator, right? So to me, that's, a, that's creativity, right? So how do you, the creativity is not only about the advertising, it's not only about the communication, it's all about the how you repurpose what you have and make that useful. That goes back to say, being a helper, you got to think about all means, whether that's product creativity, whether that's messaging creativity. So I see a lot more creativity now than, you know, um, than before. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my one of my friends um, the other day, and we're saying that next year for care, we should actually not um, award people with uh, um, advertising, it should be award people who is doing stuff. So it's not about showing, it's about acting. So 
I actually think, and how do you creatively acting and be a helper and unite people, provide the utility and empathy? That is a that is a work. If I would be going to Ken, that's what I would, would love to see. Yeah, and that really echoes so much that's been said by our other guests over the last few weeks. Moving from saying to actually doing. So, how do you see this type of creativity morphing over time? Looking ahead, what will be the long-lasting impact on creativity in what we do? Everything I have done, you know,、um, you know, your question actually took me back to the work I did for Oreo.、Um, so Oreo, by the by, by the end of the day, why it was successful, it was also a helper. Right, so Oreo's job as a cookie is uh, unite uh, all kinds of families together. Whether that's gay, lesbian, whether that's、uh, moms with kids, whether that's whether that's somebody like me, single mom with a kid twelve years old, it's really bring a little bit fun to the family, unite the entire family. And for in the future, what I'm thinking is that again, the brands now have to think about what is the purpose, what is the reason of the brands for, for to be existing. Is that how do we go from pushing the product to actually build a community, ultimately getting to be purposeful for the society,、uh, and you know from serving to become helping, from showcasing to be acting. That to me is that the creative is all about. So, looking forward, what three pieces of practical advice would you give brands, and not just the big global brands like the ones we've been discussing, but perhaps smaller brands, those who are looking for guidance on what they should be thinking about given the current climate? So the first one would be、uh, being agile.、Uh, so the operating model changing, and and we don't know what's going to happen, right? I early on I said、uh, there may be a、um, the second、uh, resurgence of the coronavirus in, in here in United States. So so we gotta have a scenario planning, which means you know as a general manager, president of a you know business unit, obviously. I am not only thinking about marketing. I'm thinking about every single angle from supply demand.、Um, so how do you actually mapping out the different scenarios? If there's a resurgence, what do you do? If there's not, what do you do?、Um, so that being agile, right? The, the second piece is about you know very quickly.、Um, we, we always use the word pivot. <laughs> I would say that、uh, adaptation.、Um, so How do you actually adapt it to the new、uh, commerce ecosystem? As I mentioned about e-commerce, how do you shift more to e-commerce? How do you support e-commerce? How do you have a talent for e-commerce? And how do you actually do a you know commerce、um, digital relevant engagement? It it will change. It, it's changing. It will continue to change. And last but not least is that how do I be ready for you know kind of a, a digital type of a. You know, for me, it's about digital health, right? So for other brands, maybe something different. So that's the second piece: is how do you quickly pivot or adapt to to digital、um, reset? And last but not least is that the talent.、Um, this is the time is also upskill、uh, existing talent. How do you deploy the talent,、uh, but also、um, getting the best talent you can find? And right now is a is a prime prime time for me to to find the best talent because there's a lot of talent are staying home because of furlough or other reasons. Yeah, of course. We were discussing opportunity last week and how we must start the dialogue around that pretty soon. It's quite an interesting shift in the narrative that we're starting to see.、Um, so, what's the next phase of this in your mind, Cynthia? And what are your predictions for, say, the next three months or so? How can we start to prepare for what's really coming? 
Uh, I wish I have a crystal ball. Uh, I, uh, you know, again, you know, I, I really think that given a specific situation in the Western world, I, I do think that we got to be ready for the second resurgence. Uh, and you know, um, we, we, we the it's not even three months going to um, digital transformation. What's happening? But now it's like the speed is even faster. So um, as a leader, uh, as a, you know the expert in marketing sales, how do you actually help people to you know adapt faster? Last but not least, I think uh, we we happen to be having a bigger voice. Whether that's you are the MD of a can, whether I'm the uh, GM president for business unit. Uh, we have uh, you know a, a big voice now. We have a you know great responsibility, as we would say, superwoman and superman. <laughs> great power comes with great responsibility, and how we can help be a, a better help. So, how to help and how to transform into yeah. superwoman? <laughs> superwoman with my red cape. <laughs> Cynthia, what is keeping you sane right now, and what are you learning about yourself in isolation? So uh, spend time um, talking to my friends, whether it's industry or outside of industry. Um, I also, you know, uh, listen to some positive psychology kind of podcast. Uh, at the same time, I'm watching Korean drama. <laughs> Korean drama for two reasons. Uh, it's Korean drama is just like a TikTok, right? Purposeless, and you don't have to use your brain. At the same time, there's also learning from Korean drama because the KOL is paramount in Asian culture. And we certainly can use a lot here. And for instance, in China, KOL, they can live streaming, selling products on Douyin, which is a TikTok of China. And within three hours, they can actually make $15 million, right? So those are the thinking that the things that, you know, we can learn, right? So so one hand is that really, uh, you know, I give myself up, uplifted at the same time can also learn. The double whammy. Yes. <laughs> so looking ahead and in the spirit of progress, the namesake of the podcast, what are you hopeful about? Uh, my hopeful is that after, uh, you know, we don't have, we don't need a, you know, a pandemic to, to get unified uh, and to be more purposeful. I am hopeful that uh, uh, it's unfortunate we have pandemic, but it definitely, you know, drove that, uh, you know, utility, empathy, purpose and unite, un- unity into um, not only the leaders, but almost every single person in the industry in their mind. So, so, so we can actually continue to be a helper, even better helper. You heard it here first, be a helper. Cynthia, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us today. I look forward to a time, maybe even at Can Lions 2021, where we can meet in person. And I fully expect you to be sporting that superwoman cape on the quasette. That's right. I'm praying. Yes. Yes, definitely. I want to see you next year. No matter what, I'm going to buy you a drink. (laughs) I'll hold you to that. Thank you so much. A big thanks to Cynthia for taking the time to talk to us this week. There was some really valuable advice on how to approach the rapid digital transformation there. And also the e-commerce boom that we're all experiencing right now. If you believe the positive predictions, in just two weeks time, we can expect to see consumption go up by 20% in China. And at least 50% of the country believe that the economy will begin to bounce back in less than two months. I was interested to hear about the digital reset, as Cynthia called it. A reset for both customers and brands. It poses the question, are we really adjusting to consumer behaviours carefully as they rapidly evolve online? 
It seems obvious, but it was good to put a name to the tri-economy and the opportunity it presents. On the one hand, you have an elderly generation who were resolutely offline, now flocking online, as it's their only means for accessing the products they need and the people closest to them. On the other hand, you have digital natives, who paradoxically want the offline experience replicated online. Confused yet? China has seen a sudden booming economy for influencers who are trying on the products for them in real time, via live streaming, and generating revenues in the millions. So how do we adapt to the changing behaviours of these different demographics, appropriately and at speed? Finally, Cynthia spoke about digital health and digital communities. Any brand selling online has a responsibility to the community it serves. Not just now, but in the future too. How are you helping your consumers to adapt? Are we scenario planning for when the next lockdown ends or a resurgence occurs? And how should we upskill our talent ready for further e-commerce demand? One thing we can be sure of, brands can and should have a bigger voice and a role to play. It might have taken the pandemic to unify us, but when it's all over, as Cynthia says, let's not let that unity fade away. We'll be releasing a new episode of the podcast every Friday. So if you're interested in hearing more from industry leaders who have led a change or are taking a new approach to create progress, please tune in next week. Every Tuesday and through this channel, we're going to release a classic festival talk from our learning and intelligence platform, The Work. This week, we've been getting excited about Lions Live, the digital education, learning and networking experience that will be running throughout the whole of June in 2020. This is going to be completely free and open to absolutely everyone. There'll be a flurry of activity during our usual festival dates and we'll be opening up access to our learning and intelligence platform. And that's home to over 200,000 pieces of winning work and over 10 years worth of classic festival talks. We'll also have live masterclasses from industry legends and talks from future thinkers from around the world. It's going to be a virtual platform for everyone to come together so that they can learn and be inspired and problem solve at a time where we believe that great things are being achieved by the wider creative community. We look forward to being inspired by these ideas now more than ever. That is it for this week's episode of Progress Through Creativity. Please do get in touch and let us know who you'd like to hear from on future episodes. If you've enjoyed listening and found it useful, then please do subscribe. And if you really like what you heard, please feel free to give us a review on iTunes. A big thanks once again to Cynthia and of course our series producers, Roland Bodenham and Annie Smith. To our friends and community around the world, look after yourselves and have a good week.